Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to the third season of Parent Talk, everything parenting and more. We are broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle, mom of two. I'm also the host of Les Parents Parle, which is Parent Talk's French edition. Today we're talking about such an important topic, which is postpartum depression. So let's go around the table and introduce herself. Also, Heather, I would like it if you can talk to us about our sponsor. Hey everyone, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk, and I am a mom of two as well. Yes, we wanted to tell you all about our new sponsor. Hudson and Alex are having so much fun at LeapFrog Gymnastics here in Coquitlam. I love how the whole space is designed, especially for recreational gymnastics, with smaller scale equipment and lots of specialized mats. In class, the boys get to go through fun and challenging circuits, which they work on important skills such as body and spatial awareness, strength, balance, and course coordination. As a sponsor, LeapFrog Gymnastics is offering our listeners $25 off their first month of classes for new members only with the promo code PARENTTALK. For more information on their programming and birthday parties, visit leapfroggym.com. Awesome. Hi, I'm Joyelle Brandt. I'm 43 and I have two little boys aged 5 and 10 now. I'm an artist and a writer and co-founder of Parenting with PTSD. Hi, everybody. I'm Michelle Tiliakos. I am a doula and a mother of four. I'm 40 years old and I have a six-year-old, a nine-year-old. I almost forgot the three-year-old and the (laughs) 11-year-old. Hi, everybody. My name is Erin Van Veen and I am 39 years old. I'm a mother of an almost two-year-old baby girl and I work in floral sales. Heather, can you please read us the definition from the Pacific postpartum society. Yeah, so they say that an estimated one out of every six women and one out of every 10 men experiences troubling depression or anxiety after the birth or adoption of a child. This is referred to as postpartum depression and anxiety, also PPD slash A, and can be a tremendously stressful time for the family. PPD slash A is often characterized by despondency, emotional irritability, anger, guilt, tearfulness, worrying, anxious thoughts or images, feelings of inadequacy, and the inability to cope. It may occur shortly after the arrival of a new baby or many months later. For some, symptoms may begin in pregnancy. So if you are experiencing any symptoms and your youngest child is younger than three years old, we encourage you to call, and it is a local Bridge Columbia number as well as a toll-free number, um, 604-255-7999 and toll-free at 855-255-7999. Thank you, Heather. I want to say a big thank you again to you, Joelle, Michelle and Erin for coming today and share about your postpartum story. I will start with Joelle today. When did you start feeling different? I started feeling it actually while I was pregnant with my second child. And it was a marked difference from my first pregnancy. My first pregnancy was very smooth and easy. 
And then in my second pregnancy, I had uh, these sharp round ligament pains in my pelvis. And I also had these um, sort of Bracton Hicks contractions, but they were quite painful, um, which I hadn't experienced the first time around. And both of these things uh, was related to my history. I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And so especially the round ligament pains in the pelvis were very triggering for me. And so my postpartum depression was very much linked to my complex PTSD that I've lived with as a survivor of childhood abuse. And for you, Michelle? Mine, uh, I experienced with my first two um, children. And I honestly think it became um, an issue for me is right after I gave birth um, and not having the birth that I expected to have. Uh, it wasn't a traumatic birth at all. And if anybody was to look at it, they'd say, oh, that was normal or great or common. Um, but for me, I had a high expectations of the way I wanted it to go. And it didn't happen that way. And so I think ulti- ultimately it was right away as soon as I took them home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for you, Erin? I think I knew um, about a week and a half in that something wasn't normal. And I was told that it was the baby blues, that I would just be emotional. And then it wasn't until Brooke was about six months old that I really knew something was wrong. And um, that's when my family also talked to me about it as well. But everybody knew from the beginning and didn't talk about it. They were afraid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Joelle, what step did you take? So when I was seeing my midwife while, while I was pregnant, she um, asked me to fill in a form um, about mental health. And, you know, I think I checked off like nine out of 10 boxes, which was not good. <laughs> and so they gave me a referral to see somebody. And the problem with our system is you don't get a call back until like, what, maybe two weeks later. And I was having a good day. And I said, No, I'm fine. And that was it. I didn't get help after that for quite a long time. So I wish I had gone you know, instead of saying, oh, I'm fine. If you, I would say to somebody, if you think that you have postpartum, don't, don't wait, you know, get, get the help now because it does take a while to line things up. Mm, That's so good to know. And for you, Michelle. I actually was never diagnosed with postpartum depression. I, looking back at my experience is why I'm here today to talk about it is because I never did go and get help. I feel that there was a couple stressful times right after I had my baby. My first one, my husband just started a a business out of necessity three months before she was born. And I was working four days after she was born and she was laying down on a pillow right beside me and I was doing computer work. And with my son, after he was born, about three months later, we had to move and we moved to a community that I just wasn't familiar with and it felt far away. It wasn't, it was North Vancouver, but it just felt like so far away to me. And I was in a home I didn't like and just all these things of a husband that worked a lot. And um, I was working from home. And I think part of it too was just the transition into thinking I can do everything by myself and realizing I have to do everything by myself, or I felt like I had to do everything by myself. Um, So I felt in a way that I 
kind of was martyring myself. Like I have to do it. And, um, then I put myself aside. So I actually never went and, and seeked help. I never said anything. Um, and so I feel like I suffered for quite a, quite a long time that was unnecessary. How did you know that you had postpartum depression then? It was until I look back on it mm -hmm. that I was like, I was, I was not myself. I had thoughts that were just horrible, morbid. Not that I didn't love my children. I totally loved my children. I loved being a mother. It was just like I wasn't, I felt um, angry a lot. I felt sad a lot. I was, I think I experienced anxiety like I'd never, you know, looking back, I remember in both of the times that I, I specifically remember I was driving. And so one of the times that I was driving, um, I just imagined what I, what would it be if I just crashed this car right now? That's, that was really scary. And the other time is when I was driving after my son, um, we were looking to move looking for a place. And I just remember feeling my whole back just seize up. I, it, I remember exact spot where I was when I was driving and the heat that went up my back and the, it just like, I froze and, and while I was driving a car. And so I didn't go get help and wasn't out of Uh, being stubborn. It wasn't out of like, oh, I'm not depressed. It was more out of like, I just thought that was the way that mothers became. The great thing um, that has just come over the last year is that people are talking about it more openly. They're willing to discuss it. Uh, I'm don't, not sure for the women who are going through it, but I know that as a society, it's becoming more talked about and that's a good step forward to having it mm -hmm. Um, will, women not feeling so secluded. And for you, Erin, what step did you take? Um, the first thing I did was I called and made an appointment to my doctor because um, the day before that, I sat in the bathroom and I let Brooke cry for about 10 hours. So you did hit a wall. At what point that was? Yeah, I hit a wall. And then I thought, I thought everybody would be better without me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I took myself to the doctor and I told her and I didn't tell my family and I didn't tell my friends. And um, we did a couple appointments and we did blood work and we thought, oh, something's off because I also suffer from a really bad form of arthritis. And we thought maybe it was something to do with that and the medication for that. And maybe it was sleep deprivation. And then... It just turned out that um, the thoughts I was having were so not normal. Mm -hmm. They weren't me. And I didn't want anybody to come over. I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want to do anything. And every time I looked at my daughter, obviously you love them. Mm -hmm. You want to be their mom, but I just didn't want anything to do with her. And that's when I knew something was really wrong. And so we started on some meds and within a couple months I started to feel better And then we, we revisited my medication and we upped it and we upped it three times before I felt like I was normal. And that just was it. when she was 14 months. So it took a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's Aaron, hard. Can I ask, um, what held you back from sharing with people once you went to the doctor? Mm, probably. I think that I thought it was normal to be so tired and upset And I thought I just had a really difficult child that wouldn't sleep and it was just me. And I didn't have the support of the people that I thought would support me. And yeah, 
it's hard. It's just really hard. You right? felt disappointed. Just, yeah, like, and disappointed in myself. Mm-hmm. And embarrassed, I think embarrassed is another thing. I think that's why people don't talk about it and why I didn't talk about it for a long time and why still I'm just sharing now because I think I felt very embarrassed by it. And I'm not now. It strings a chord with me because I'm like, you know, it's not a pretty thing to look back on. Mm. But nobody should ever be embarrassed. No, absolutely not. So, Joelle, did you take some time off? after for yourself before you went back to work or what did you do so I was a stay-at-home mom and I was really in a bad place I think it was uh, my son was close to a year when I was finally able to to admit to somebody that I had I knew I had postpartum depression and I couldn't tell my husband at first it was it felt too hard so I told two of my closest friends that I'd been having suicidal thoughts. So you were still having some suicidal thoughts after a year, right? Um, yeah, uh, close to a year. And um, and eventually I told my husband that I was having suicidal thoughts. And I think it was really hard for him to hear. Mm-hmm. And, and for some reason, it just didn't really fully sink into him. And so I told him that um, I wanted to put our son in, in part-time daycare three days a week. And that was a really hard conversation because at first he was not supportive. I had been at home full-time for five years with our first son. and He felt very conflicted about the fact that I would not um, give our second son that same experience. But honestly, I think if I had not put him in daycare three days a week, I probably would have ended my life. I need I needed that time yeah well good for you for listening to yourself and for you Michelle did you take any time off for yourself or any time off I didn't take any time off um, because we had just started our business or my husband's business just before my daughter was born. Um, My children are two years apart, those first two. So, you know, I was working and then I got pregnant again and I had my son and it was, it was a stressful time. So I didn't take time off. I was, you know, just, we had to survive and we did, but I'm sure I wish I could have taken some time for me to realize that what I needed. And for you, Erin, did you take extra time? I did. I took um, an extra couple months off before I went back to work and actually went to my work and I sat down with my boss and I had a very serious conversation about what I was going through. And then I um, applied for medical EI, which when you're diagnosed with postpartum, you are able to take um, 15 to 17 weeks paid. This is a very important information to know here. And it goes, and if you haven't used up all of your parental leave, that goes on hold until you finish your medical leave. And then you can, you can always go back and use that. But I took as much time as possible. And I put Brooke in daycare and I took about a month to myself to like just find me and get ready to go back to work. And going back was the best thing that I did. So going back to work, having adult time did help you then, right? Yep. Being around adults and laughing and and hearing the stories on what I missed, it made me feel normal. Yep. I'm happy to hear. And, And for you, Joelle, is there anything that helped you? 
So I did one great session um, with a therapist named Lisa McCrohan, who uh, really focuses on compassion and her work in self-compassion. And the thing that she said to me that made the biggest difference, as I had so much shame about this, I thought, um, I had had a lot of ambivalence about having a second child. And so when I got postpartum depression, I thought, that's it. I've made a horrible, horrible mistake. And I regret ever having done this. And she was just so gracious with me. We did this counseling session over the phone and she said, well, so, so you regret it. Okay. So that's okay. And it took all of the shame and guilt and judgment that I had internally about those feelings um, and just gave me permission to go ahead and feel that without all of those extra layers on top of it and to be able to process it. And that was the really the beginning of my healing. And the other thing that was really helpful for me was that when I put my son into those three days of daycare a week, I started working on writing um, a children's book that I had been thinking about for a few years. And, and I started working on writing the story and then started working on the art. And it was having something, a project to work on for myself, something that brought me joy. You know, art has over and over again in my life saved me. So doing that, I think, really um, went a long way towards my healing. And um, I actually remember there was one painting that I was working on, and it was character design for a children's book, Princess Monsters. But it was this two-headed monster, and it was one angry and one sad, and it became like this process of just exercising for me, you know, just like putting on the canvas, a physical representation of what my postpartum depression felt like. Wow, so interesting. And for you, Michelle, what has helped you? Uh, same. I don't when you referred to exercising, it kind of just came up to me as like, I remember my husband coming in the door one day, I would wait for him um, for his lights to pull up on the driveway. And I there was one night that I just wanted to get the heck out of there. And he walked in the door and I walked out and I said, don't call me. And I was ready to go drive around for coffee and cake. Like I was like, I need chocolate cake and I need some <laughs> coffee or maybe I need wine. And you know what I did? I actually found a track around my neighborhood and I went for a run and I don't think I've ever gone for a run before. So uh, that was actually a, a beginning for me in um, exercising and just taking some time for myself to think, to process, to like just move my body in the way I wanted. That really helped. The other thing that really helped me... Um, with, with my last two children, as I actually had births that went almost exactly as planned. They were um, beautiful. I felt supported. I felt safe. And after my fourth, um, people came over and they're like, my one of my very good friends, Nikki, she said, can I do anything for you? I'm like, well... Uh, yeah what do you want to do and she goes I'll clean your bathroom I was like okay like I hate cleaning bathrooms and I just gave birth in there but sure <laughs> and so what that what that kind of is like a is like uh in a symbol for me is that I finally just learned how to accept help like it took me four children to figure out like I don't have to do this by myself so um 
I actually encourage my clients now, like we, before they give birth, we have a, a list of who we can go to in a pinch, who we can ask for help if we need help with breastfeeding or we need groceries picked up. I make them sign a contract that they're not going to say no when someone says, I'm coming over, can I pick something up for you? Um, that is kind of a joke. Like I don't really make them <laughs> we, sign we like it. The yeah. Okay, good. Um, there is a space for their signature, but I don't always make them sign it. And then we, and then I also, um, also after my fourth child is I, I wrote down a list of three things that I was doing every day, uh, why I wanted to be healthy. So, uh, physical, mental, emotional health, and, uh, three things that I did for myself that day. So it could have been simple, simple things like drinking water, or, um, I went for a walk or I took, um, my dog for a walk, whatever it was. And it's, it wasn't so much that writing it down made a difference. It was like when I started to feel really crappy about myself, I could go back and look at the hard evidence of what I was doing for myself. So I think for me, it was actually just in discovery that I needed to find myself. Yeah. And took me just a while longer. That is great, Michelle. And for you, Erin, what has helped you feeling calmer? Um, the first thing I would say that helped me was um, talking to my family and talking to my husband and getting it off my chest and letting them know what was going on and asking them why they didn't tell me sooner. And then when Brooke went into daycare, I did two weeks of power washing and I cleaned a yard and I, I gardened and I did everything that I hadn't done since before I was pregnant. And then I started doing more flower arranging and I just got back to what made me happy and then took more time for myself and let go a little bit because I had such a hard time letting go. The anxiety was so bad that I never wanted anybody to watch her. Or I was afraid or... So I just let go and it seemed to be like when I did that, everything seemed better. Yeah. I think that's a theme then between all three of us mm -hmm. is just like we actually found something that we enjoy mm -hmm. and love and mm -hmm. gave us something for ourselves. Yeah. yeah, I think that's hard because you can lose yourself so totally. much. Totally. And I think that's one of the scariest things about becoming a mom is suddenly you're like, who the hell am I There's in this world now? Yeah, And yeah. questions and like, Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Oh, that person doesn't think I'm doing it right. Or it's, there's just so much. It weighs heavy and then you do, you lose yourself and then you're lost and you got to re kind of claim yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm finally doing that now. It's taken her 22 months, but I'm finally back going to the gym and I feel normal and I feel like my, <laughs> my good old self, like where I want to laugh and be silly. I was a miserable wreck for like, 22 mm. months yeah. uh, you know i know a lot of people who've taken a lot longer than that yeah yeah and i also want to say that um sometimes you, you after an experience like this like there is no going back mm. and you have to accept with grace and and self-compassion the new person that you are you can't go back to who you were before your life has been forever changed by this and that's okay that's part of going through something traumatic mm -hmm. and growth yeah. yeah, growing with it. Yeah, yes. growing. Yeah. Heather, I would like you to share your story and what you did to prevent a postpartum depression. So for myself, I actually have a history of depression. Um, I was depressed for several years in my early 20s after a couple of car accidents. And um, um, also I have a history of um, sexual abuse when I was younger. And so different things kind of 
came to surface in my early 20s. And so I went through a really hard time and I'd been on um, an antidepressant medicine and things like that. And so I, with this history and my midwives and everybody knew about that. So they were really keeping an eye out because they had all the potential signs and, you know, things that I could be more susceptible to postpartum depression. So Right away, my midwife had me kind of call because as Joelle mentioned, like it's a long wait to go see the psychiatrist and or psychologist or whatever it is um, through Fraser Health and things like that. So right away, she kind of got the call in. So I got that call and I went to that first appointment, even though I did actually feel fine. But again, it was I knew it was important for me to go and just to make sure and kind of check things out. And that was towards the I was um I had a fantastic doula and she was very like, you need to make sure to give yourself, you know, a good six weeks to heal. And so I was really, you know, okay, I'll do that. And my husband actually being very supportive took three weeks off. And so he was there with me. But um, towards the end of that, I was... I was starting to feel down only, I think, because, uh, again, it's kind of that expectation thing that doesn't always get met, where everybody talks about all these people that are going to want to come see your baby and you're going to be bombarded. Well, I was not bombarded. All my friends were working during the day and I didn't have anybody almost come see me for six weeks. And so by the end of those six weeks, I was very, very claustrophobic and I really needed to get out. And so had things you know thing had I not had an amazing community to at least be able to go out to after I think you know things could have made a you know another sideways turn but thank goodness I did have uh you know wonderful programs and things that I got out to and right away started to kind of find my village and be able to get out and that's been really important and then again like all of you have mentioned finding those things that bring you joy and actually the one amazing thing that's kind of come into my life is actually this podcast. And it's like, I get to go out on my own (laughs) and I get to, you know, come and chat with adults. So it's, even though like, I'm not going to be going back to a regular nine to five job kind of thing, I've decided to become a stay home mom, but at least I do have that outlet and that I know has always been so important to have, you know, those things because still I'm dealing with my car accident and different things like that. So I do have my days where I literally lay on the couch and I feel really guilty because I'm not playing with Hudson, but I just feel really down and I just, I lay on the couch and I'm like, I know about all these, you know, mom's making muffins and mom's doing, you feel all that pressure, right? That all these people are, I'm like, how do they have so much motivation? Like, I have CTV on for 24 hours that day and it was just, I got off to get them, you know, off the couch to get the milk and then I was right back on it. And so, I mean, I still have days like that and I just try to, you know, give myself compassion. Like, nope, you just need those days. Sometimes if I need to, and that's, I must say my husband's wonderful. He does give a lot of support. He's like, no, if you need to sleep, you need to sleep. He doesn't come home one where dinner is or things like that so it's I do have a fantastic supportive husband so that's been really good but yeah definitely was something we wanted to just you know watch out for you know other stresses in life can just kind of sneak in and make things a little worse sometimes and yeah Heather why I like your story is you were prepared and through to yourself lining up your appointments ahead of time was such a good idea definitely so I'm going to go with my last question here, and I will start with you, Joelle. Is there anything else you would like to say to someone who is thinking that might experience postpartum depression? Yeah, I'd like people to know that if they have a history of sexual abuse or other childhood abuse, that they are 
more prone to experiencing postpartum depression and that they absolutely should disclose their abuse history to their healthcare providers so that they can get the help they need. I would really encourage them to go take a look at uh, parentingwithptsd.com. There's lots of great resources on our resource page where you can get more information about this. Um, but uh, and I've got a form on the site on the site now that you can download and print off and just do a quick check marks and, and hand it in to your healthcare provider because God knows that's not an easy conversation to have. So if you don't have to say it out loud, if you can just hand them a piece of paper, that makes it a lot easier. I like that. And for you, Michelle. For me, um, I feel also like dads need to watch out for how they're feeling and because um, they, be, they, as you said before, they can experience it too. Uh, I always encourage um, families when they're pregnant to just kind of make a pact with each other that they're going to watch out for each other. And, you know, if you notice, yeah, there's totally going to be up and down days. They're going to be stressful. You're just adjusting, to, especially if you're a first-time parent, adjusting to new life. Um, but also, too, if you see your partner is just not coming out of their shell like they did in the past, is to have a conversation. Just say, you know, I'm going to bring it up. And and I want you to be honest with me and you need to be honest with me. Um, so a huge thing is just being communication with each other. And if you don't have a partner, you know, just make that pact with somebody else, like a friend or a parent or uh, a cousin, just someone that is an adult <laughs> and um, someone where you can have a loving and caring conversation with. And it doesn't mean you have to do anything about it right away. It doesn't mean you have to like go on drugs right away or medication or you have to go and see somebody right away. It's just like, I don't feel like I'm feeling myself anymore and I don't know what to do about it. And and you can just leave it at that for, for a while. Yes, I think this is great. Be honest and let's do some spot check on each other. And even for dads, like have a buddy, like, uh, listen, man, I'm feeling crappy. I don't know what to do. Maybe uh, another dad has some experience and maybe some good advice for him. So I think that's important too, right? And, and you know, another dad that's already been through it might have some good advice or, you know, just have some resources for you as well. Absolutely. And you, Erin, is there anything you would like to say to someone that thinks that they might suffer from postpartum depression? I agree with um, what everybody's saying about just having kind of a pre-plan like have a friend or have somebody that you would talk to and just say if I am going down this road I really need you to let me know and open up the lines of communication I think it's super important I didn't have that and I should have had that and I should have made sure that I covered my basis but I have no history of mm. depression I was so prepared to be a mom and i was so not prepared for postpartum depression and to the extreme that it, it can actually get to. So yeah, open lines of communication, friends, family, and be able to talk about your feelings. Mm -hmm. Super important. Mm -hmm. I do have a friend that looking back, her husband had it too. And if the mom had postpartum depression the dad is definitely more prone of having it too so just so you know if you think you might have it it's just the moral is really down in the family and it can affect your partner so it's very important to stay aware and keep watching for each other I think that's very important here well thank you all for sharing Heather it's time for a conversation card can you please pick a card and read it to us all right 
Okay, so a little question today or for our game. If you were going to create a new holiday, what would it be and how would people celebrate it? <laughs> a new holiday, you mean in a calendar year? Yeah, like okay. a new, like there's Valentine's Day, there's whatever, Mother's Day, Halloween, You're talking to like the one girl who deals with every holiday. <laughs> She's the flower the girl right. industry. You don't need more holidays. <laughs> holiday for just people who work in the floral <laughs> industry. <laughs> All right, Gerald, let's start with you. I think there should be a holiday in January because I freaking hate January. It's like just nothing, right? It's just sad. Christmas is over. Valentine's Day isn't here yet. So I think we should have like a cozy holiday in January. Ooh. And it's all about like curling up and reading good books and having big blankets over you and possibly making blanket forts with pillows. And hot eating a lot of candy. Yeah, hot yeah. chocolate and marshmallows. Yeah. Out, right? Just like a, just like a cozy day. Cozy day. I yeah. love it. Slipper socks. Yes. Oh, my God. I got some of those reading socks for Christmas. Those big fat socks. Yes. Those things are the bomb. <laughs> oh, for you, Michelle. Um, for me, I have been to a couple of mother blessings so they're pregnant and we go around the room and we share about how this um, this woman who's with child is um how important she is how amazing she is what she can do in this world and we just go in a circle and tell um her how just awesome she is and i the ones that i've been to i'm like we need to do this whenever like for every woman should have this and so i would make like a day like that where we just go around and tell each other like deeply and authentically like how awesome it could be authentic day yeah something like that <laughs> where, where we just go around and just share about like what we think of the amazing women in our lives so yeah i would make it like that with some maybe tea or coffee or hot chocolate i love that <laughs> and for you aaron i want a spa holiday mm. oh yeah <laughs> that day sign me up right Pedic- just the Pedicure whole day pampered S- pampered and it would that would that's it well okay so there i want to go a couple different ways like one would either be like i like i didn't get married until like my mid to late 30s kind of thing so i remember there was always mother's day and father's day and this everything was so geared to couples and parents and I was like, what about me, this, you know, single strong woman? And there was like nothing for that. And that always bothered me. Like, you get married, you get all these gifts. Well, why can't I have a gift? <laughs> like, why can't I have a party and fill my kitchen with amazing things? <laughs> so I just find I that, it. It, you know, our society celebrates couples mm. so much. Yes. That, you know, we don't celebrate being strong, feminine, single women sometimes. And, you know, that. And then my other way that I want to go. <laughs> So it was to have like a pajama stay in bed day, which very much was like oh, a cozy I like those day. Days. Yes. So I, you know, I remember even before we had Hudson, I was like, we would sometimes literally stay all day in bed on Sundays and literally mm. we'd order pizza and we, <laughs> that's all we did. That was the event and everything was done in bed. Like we ate in bed, we watched TV in bed, we just stayed in bed and it was amazing. Mm. So <laughs> I miss that so much. So, and I remember telling my husband like, Honey, we have to cherish these days. They're never happening again. Like, do you realize that our life will be changing? We can't ever do this. Or there'll be a little jumping bean around us. But, you know, it will not be this way. So I definitely appreciate that. So, yeah, stay in bed day or single empowering women day. Something like that. Something like that. 
on my side here, if I could add a stat, it would be our birthdays. So nobody goes to work on their birthday and we get to play. And maybe we get paid for the day. That would be even better. <laughs> that concludes today's episode. I want to thank you, Joelle, Michelle, Aaron, and Heather. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your time. Thank you for helping us be the best friends we can be. For our listeners, if you want to hear a little bit more about Heather and I, we are releasing some mini episodes called Real Mom Moments, where we talk about what's happening in our daily lives. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. If you're near us, don't forget to check out Leapfrog Gymnastics and get your $25 off your first month with the promo code parenttalk. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, you can subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. If you enjoyed today's episode, we're inviting you to share it on your social media. As we all know, parenting can be hard. So it's important to remember to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village, and be true to yourself. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Bye. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner. Thank you.